The holidays are finally here. Time to get together with family, maybe hang out with the little kids in your life. Just don't be surprised if some of them are now influencers. Survey says more and more kids want to be influencers. A recent study found about one in three American kids between the ages of 8 and 12 aspire to be either a vlogger or a YouTuber. More and more kids consider themselves influencers. Hi guys, welcome back to our channel. And parents are doing a lot of the legwork when it comes to curation. There's even a name for the practice. Sharenting. Don't know if the term is going to stand the test of time, but there's a lot to consider here. Kids are too young often to understand what is happening to them when they are being sharented. Even if they do understand, they have no legal recourse to give consent or not give consent. The perils of parenting while sharenting, coming up on Today Explained. Support for Today Explained comes from BetterHelp. What do you do when your social battery is drained? Do you push through and silently Resent your friends? I'm laughing because maybe. Or maybe just scream into a pillow all night. I <laughs> don't do that. But if you do, that's fine. Not, not judging you. Therapy can help you build more awareness of what you need and when. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy with licensed professionals. Scheduling is convenient and finding a therapist suited to your style is quick and easy. You can find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash explain today to get 10% off your first month. That's better H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash explained. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Today Explained, we're going to spend some time this episode trying to wrap our heads around some of the moral quandaries at play when you turn your child into a social media celebrity. It's very much a thing, as you'll soon see, but first let's just define an essential term. Leah Plunkett is the author of... Sharenthood? Which is all about... Sharenting. All the ways that Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, coaches, and other trusted adults share children's private information digitally. Kids are too young often to understand what is happening to them when they are being sharented. Even if they do understand, they have no legal recourse to give consent or not give consent. For parents who may over-sharent, their children don't have any means of giving feedback to their parents, let alone putting up any boundaries around the extent to which their private experiences may be shared and, in some instances, monetized. We're going to hear more from Leah later on the show, but we wanted to start with a case study. So I reached out to a mom who's raising a little influencer. My name is Mai Nguyen, and I'm known as My Sassy Girl, like M-A-I Sassy Girl on Instagram. And I guess across the board. 
Mai's got a decent-sized following, but it pales in comparison to her daughters. My daughter, Zoe in the City, her Instagram's more like monetized than business. How old's your daughter, Zoe? She's 10. Um, she's been on Instagram since three. Wow. Yeah, we started her Instagram when she was three, but like she was kind of on mine as a baby. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Zoe Show. So today I'm going to interview my little sister, Amelie. And yeah, so. I was late to the gram. I was a BlackBerry user like forever. <laughs> you and Obama. <laughs> Come on, man. So. Is it safe to assume that when you got Zoe on the gram at three years of age, she didn't really know what Instagram was? Uh, yeah, she didn't know what it was. She just, she was just herself. Like, we didn't, you know, make her do anything. And we noticed that, like, when she took pictures, that she had this, like, vibe to her. Like, she was just, like, really, like, serious face. And we thought it was <laughs> funny. So we're like, hey, so why don't we just, like, you know, dress her in her personal style? clothes and like let her pose that way and like just post it for fun but then I do have a background in influencers and things so I kind of like went with their formula Uh and I guess that's when we started gaining followers because people were like oh my gosh who is this child oh my gosh this is how I I would totally wear that so that's how her her Instagram kind of started um so would you rather be a pen or a pencil a pen or a pencil Mm -hmm. that's a really good question I prefer to write in pens but pencils seem to last longer, so I'm gonna go with wood and lead a pencil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes just like the feel of them is just really nice. So in 2015, you open up Zoe's account, Zoe in the City, with zero followers. In 2022, now that she's 10, seven years later, how many followers does she have? So I would say the most followers she's received is probably like. 155,000. Wow. So today we are going to do a half fun tutorial with my mom. So here we She's go. She's in a movie now that uh, released in the last few months. Oh? Yeah, she was in Bullet Train. Whoa, she's in Bullet with Train? Your daughter's in Bullet Train? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She has a very small part. It's like 15 seconds. <laughs> but you know it's her. It sounds like you've had this incredible success. And I'm sure a lot of parents in your community are probably a little jealous that your kid gets to do all these amazing, fun things. And you're probably like, you know, building an incredible trust fund for her. But was there ever a point where friends of yours or family members were like, hey, this is kind of weird that you're just like, doing so much on social media with your daughter who has no idea what, you know, you're actually doing with the photos you take of her or the videos you take of her. Did anyone object to the sort of commercialization of your kid? I feel like, well, we've always been very communicative with Zoe. Like, everything we do, we, like, we tell her where it goes. We show her where it goes or what she's shooting for. She's very... she. Yeah, but she doesn't have a lot of agency. Like, she doesn't understand it. She's like a child. Yeah, I guess so. And I, I guess I would say, like, for instance, the first time we took her to Coachella, like, we got a lot of comments from people who are like, how could you take your kid there? There's, like, people use drugs there or people don't dress appropriate there. Like, why are you exposing your kid to, like, like that environment? But it's like, wasn't Coachella always, like, a family <laughs> kind of music festival? Like, I don't know. But, like, this is a different thing I'm asking about, I think, which is sort of the monetization 
of your child because one day Zoe's going to be 20 and maybe then something happens in her life where she thinks, oh man, I wish my my whole childhood wasn't, you know, a journey that everyone can go pull up whenever they want because the internet is forever. Well, I think that's the misconception because I don't share everything. People might think that I share everything, but we don't because she has a completely normal life at home. I feel like from age seven on, she understood. You know, she understood that this is like sort of work. People always ask me, Zoe, how are you growing so fast? Well, it's simple. I drink milk. The California Milk Processor Board, also known as the creators of the iconic Got Milk, are partnering up with No Get Hungry to help provide up to one million meals to kids in need. And it, it created opportunities for her, and she became privileged in a way that she got invited to things, and she received a lot of gifts. And like, I think people just don't understand, and so they will just kind of assume like, oh, you're forcing your child to do this. But it's like for us, we didn't force her; she kind of fell into it. I don't know if you can tell the difference. Yeah, help us understand the difference because it, it, when she's three years old, it, you know, a, a three-year-old does what his or her parents tells them to do. If they're not enjoying it and they just like act out and they're just not cooperative in the situation, like we don't do it there. You know, if we were needed to shoot for a campaign and she just was not feeling it that day, we're not going to shoot it. We're not going to force her to like wear the clothes that she doesn't want to. If something's uncomfortable, we're not going to do it. So we, we do leave things in her court for us. Like our intention to do this was not for Zoe to make money. Like we were just doing this for fun. And I thought it was an amazing stepping stone for her to open opportunities for her, which it has, right? Because, I mean, how many kids can you say have become Instagram famous and then are now getting to be actors? Of course, now it's like more and more, right? I don't know. She's not a diva or anything. If you meet her, she's like the sweetest kid. She's so grounded and at home. She's like super nerdy. <laughs> like It's just so funny. It's like Hannah Montana. And I hope it stays that way. But I guess there is the potential that it doesn't, right? I'm sure you're aware of that. You know, a lot of child actors, for example, have had really tough periods once they come of age. Are you at all worried about that? No, I'm not worried because I feel that I'm a good enough parent to tell when, like, things are not okay. But uh, so I do everything I can to make sure that we're not forcing Zoe into anything. And that everything she does is because, you know, she's cool with it and she wants to do it. And there, there's been some research that, you know, Instagram is bad for girls, especially their their self-esteem, their self-image. Are you at all worried about that? Like, so Zoe doesn't look at my phone unsupervised. I let her look at reels once in a while, but she's always looking at like aesthetically cute things. <laughs> Or like (laughs) animals or, you know, so that's what I love about her because she's not into like those TikTok dances or like like pranks and stuff. Like I make it very clear that I don't like when they look at the prank stuff because it's not like nice. You know, it's not like it shouldn't be funny. She doesn't even like want a phone yet. And so I feel very grateful that she doesn't want a phone yet. Hmm. And so I feel like when she gets to middle school, maybe, you know, she might need one because... I don't want her being left out and not having one. But that's what I'm afraid of when middle school comes around and it's like the freedom of having a device. I mean, you just have to deal with it. And I guess building the trust with your child and like trusting that they will come to you if they're not like okay with something or how they feel is like the key. 
The other side of this is the money, and it sounds like you're making lots of money. How do you avoid getting into sticky territory with, you know, money that your child is making you, but making because of you? And who does that money belong to? It's separate because if it's on Zoe's account, it's her money. Hmm. Right? So basically everything goes to her, but the expenses from that campaign, like the photographer or like the editing and like those little things like comes from that money. Like it's like a commission taken out. So we take out those expenses, but the rest of it goes to her. Everything mm-hmm. goes into her her account. Do you have haters? Do you have people who talk smack about like the influencer world you've created for your family in the comments? Or is it all posy vibes? We don't have people sending us weird stuff in the DMs or anything. And that's another thing is like the creepy pedophiles and things, right? Aha. Uh-huh. So we're very, we're very private. What do you mean you're very private? You have a public Instagram for your kid. <laughs> we don't share where we live. We don't share our house. We don't share. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, we don't post things like where we are live, you know, like yeah. unless it's a place that's like private and people can't get in. But like we don't share her school stuff. We don't share where she goes to school. Of course, in the beginning, she was wearing sunglasses all the time. That's been her signature. But people didn't realize that it was intentional because... I read somewhere that, you know, pedophiles, they connect to you through your eyes, Whoa. right? So when you're posting headshots of your kids that are looking straight at, like, you know, like straight ahead, like uh-huh. those accounts are the ones that the pedophiles are following because they feel like the kid is connecting with them. Oh, my goodness. But like for us, we... This is so dark. <laughs> I mean, it's stuff you have to think about, right? You might think like posting a picture of your kid in a bathtub is innocent, but no, like you should not be sharing your naked child on any, even if it's your Facebook, you know, you never know where that stuff goes. It sounds like you've considered a lot of the darkest elements at play here, from from creepers to, to financial conflicts to the mental health of your daughter in five years, in 10 years. Here's, here's a question apart from all of those things, and then I won't challenge this anymore, I promise. Do you ever feel like all the time Zoe spends taking photos for the gram and for the brands and even making cameos in Bullet Train, which sounds so fun, I have to say, takes away from the time she could have spent on like a seesaw or hanging out with her friends playing Pokemon or something like that. No, if she wants to have a play date with her friends, she can. We go to Disney like every week. Every week? (laughs) Yes, we go weekly. I like love my kids and I want them to have a childhood, right? Zoe um, takes martial arts every week and, you know, we do private lessons at a park and I take my little one and we go to the park after, you know, we go to Boba after. Like we do everything that a normal kid would do. I don't know. Like, what else is there? Like, what does it mean to, like, let your kid be a kid? Like, to send them outside and play with rocks? Like, I mean, I don't know. If Zoe in the city is going to Disneyland every week, I I stand down. My, you've done it. People say that. They're like, let your kid be like a kid. And then when I post them at Disneyland, you spoil your kids. (laughs) I can never do it right, you know? Support for Today Explained comes from Mint Mobile. 
Big improvements can make your past behavior look absolutely wild, says Mint Mobile, targeting all of us personally. And Mint Mobile wants to do that with your phone bill. Mint Mobile offers wireless plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. And in retrospect, you might feel a little silly about how much you were paying before. Plus, according to Mint Mobile, all of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's biggest 5G network. You can get this new customer offer and your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month by going to mintmobile.com explained. That's mintmobile.com explained. You can cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash explained. $45 upfront payment required. Do the math. That's equivalent to $15 a month. This is for new customers on their first three-month plan only. Speeds are slower, above 40 gigabytes on this unlimited plan. And additional taxes, fees, and restrictions do apply. See Mint Mobile for those details. Support for the show already comes from Delete Me. Your personal information is online. So is mine. I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that, but you might be surprised to know just how much of your information is available not only for people to see, but to sell as well. And that's where Delete Me comes in. Delete Me wants to help you keep things such as your name, number, home address, and other private information out of the hands of data brokers. I've never personally kept my information out of the hands of data brokers, but perhaps Vox's business team's Claire White has. Removing the data that Delete Me found was super easy because I didn't have to do anything. They already removed my information across sites that they deemed as unsafe. I truly did not have to lift a finger. You can take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me now at a special discount for our listeners. You can get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash today and use the promo code today at checkout. Again, you can get 20% off by going to joindeleteme.com slash today and enter the code TODAY at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash today. The code is TODAY. Go back to the Zoe show. I just went grocery shopping and I want to show you what I got. Today Explained, we've had the case study. Things are going well for Zoe in the city and her mother, Mai, at least for now. But what happens when this goes wrong? When it goes wrong, it can look like a lot of misery. (laughs) Sherrington author Leah Plunkett is back. And that misery can take different forms. So one very public example of commercial Sherrington going wrong was the Daddy05 YouTube channel, which was a so-called family prank channel. I got a prank for Cody. I bought this here, Invisible Ink. And I'm going to squirt it all over his carpet and start flipping out. And viewers began to notice that one of the children was pranked. I don't think it was actually at all funny. And neither did a lot of viewers because they noticed that this one young boy was on the receiving end of his family's behavior more than others and that his reactions were showing real emotional distress. Yes, you did! Yes, they did. They did it. We didn't do this. Make sure it doesn't stop recording. You two did this. You know damn well you did it. 
And so viewers of this pretty popular, I think at least half a million viewers at its peak, maybe more, give or take, they actually alerted that Child Protective Services and the jurisdiction this family lived in and Child Protective Services did get involved. Unfortunately, that misery doesn't have an expiration date because even if a channel is taken down, once digital content winds up anywhere online, you need to assume that it is never going to go away. You lose control of where it goes, who can see it, and how long it will live. So sadly, the misery doesn't have an end date even when the kids grow up. Someone who grew up on the first phase of the internet and whose mother shared all of their private moments on the internet, um, 100% exploiting your kids if you're making content with them, 100%. And what are the ethics of this? Do parents have their kids sign contracts? Do the kids always know that it's a business? How does it work? There is wide, wide range. Because this is essentially an unregulated industry, there are not comprehensive, meaningful, enforced legal requirements for parents to get any sort of buy-in from their children. Unlike the context when a child is a performer in a more traditional media platform, for instance, on the Broadway stage or on the silver screen, or even, it sounds almost quaint now, but (laughs) even a 20th century style reality TV show, there are labor laws that will speak to the protection of child performers. But because commercial sharenting falls into this gray area. Is it a business or is it just your private life? And you as a parent are talking about your private life on a publicly available social media platform. And if you happen to pick up a little money, that's great, but it's your home and it's your kid and you get to decide what you say or don't say about them online. Because we don't have regulation, parents have to really examine their own ethical framework. I think a lot of people have heard allusions to to child actors going through some of this stuff that we're talking about here with regard to parents stealing their earnings and and laws that were set up in place to to protect those earnings and and protect the rights of child actors. Has any of that translated over to kids who are creating stuff on social media? This is still the Wild West, but there are some heartening trends. For instance, there has been some great youth-led activism out of Washington State in the last legislative cycle where a wonderful youth activist was trying to get the Washington state legislature to pass a version of these child performer laws to specifically include kids who are appearing in these kinds of commercial sharenting enterprises. So what House Bill 2032 does, the account has to be monetized, first of all. Um, So the text says that the number of views received per video segment on any internet platform or network meets the platform or network's threshold for generation of compensation, or the vlogger receives actual compensation for video content equal to or greater than 10 cents per view. There is growing awareness by all stakeholders, lawmakers, regulators, educators, parents, 
teens and youth as they are getting older and looking around, maybe at their own past experiences, maybe at their friends' experiences, or just at the experiences of others in their generation and going, wait a second, these devices that we think of as being just part of our everyday surroundings, our laptops, our tablets, our phones, and we can do cool stuff on them and maybe we make a little money. Forbes has published a list of the highest earning YouTubers and on top is, get this, an eight-year-old boy who reviews toys. And with me, and we should not editor. stay in a Wild West space where children's labor, because even if you're just a baby sitting there eating your cereal and your parents are getting a, a hefty sponsorship deal from the cereal company, that is labor. You are performing right. an act. The set may be your high chair <laughs> and the producer director team may be mom and dad, but that's still labor. And some of that money should be going into a trust for you the same way that it would if you were sitting in that high chair on a Broadway stage or a Hollywood lot. All of us as parents are under so much pressure every day to do our best, to be our best, to do our best job raising our kids. I have so much empathy for myself and all the parents out there just trying to navigate this Wild West. So I would hope that parents who are listening who are engaged in commercial sharing parents or others who are listening who are not engaged in it but are curious about it really take the time to educate themselves before sharing any content but also to give themselves a lot of compassion and understanding because this is a tough space for all of us as parents and families to be in. Plunkett is the author of Sharonhood and a faculty member at Harvard Law School. Our show today was produced by Victoria Chamberlain, fact-checked by Matthew Collette and Laura Bullard, and mixed by Paul Robert Mounsey. I'm Sean Ramos for him. I edited the rest of the team at Today Explained, includes Siona Petros, Hadi Mawagdi, Amanda Llewellyn, Halima Shah, Abishai Artsy, Miles Bryan, and my co-host, Noel King. Our supervising producer is Amina Al-Sadi. Afim Shapiro is our director of sound. We use music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Noam Hassenfeld. We're on the radio in partnership with WNYC. And Today Explained is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Happy Thanksgiving. Back in the feed, Black Friday. Today we're making shimmy ramen soup. Step one, water in the pot. Can someone open this for me? Curly back my hand. Does it look good enough? Next, boil the water. Teeth break. Mommy, I have to go put it in the bowl now. Bone out the thick. And there you have sherry ramen.